Hello and welcome to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for you if you suffer from digestive issues such as IBS, SIBO or even bowel disease. This is also the place for you if you're thinking about having a baby or if you have young children and would like to learn more about the infant microbiome. I am your host, Carly Raven. I'm a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert and mother. My mission is to resolve complex gut health issues and reduce the prevalence of gut disorders by educating parents just about how vital gut health is in infants. So if you're ready to get your shit together, please grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy and let's improve our guts together. Hello and welcome to episode six of the Nourish Gut podcast. Today we're going to be talking about infant colic reflux and why medication is a concern in little bubbers who actually have colic and reflux. It's a really, really big topic. Um, Lots and lots of parents um, have their little ones suffer from either colic and reflux. And because of this, we see a really large number of PPIs, which are medications that we use for colic and reflux prescribed and so I want to talk a little bit today about like what is infant colic and reflux and flesh that out a little bit and then we're going to talk about protein pump inhibitors and why these are a concern for me and especially what they're doing to the gut long term especially if our little ones are needing them you know as a more of a long-term solution so Colic and reflux can kind of kick in really early. And, you know, in those early days and weeks as a parent, there's enough going on already. Like it, it, it's a very overwhelming time and there are a lot of changes. And then if you have a bubba who is really unsettled and in a lot of pain and not sleeping, it can add a really uh, challenging layer. And it's very exhausting because it also means that the parents aren't getting great sleep and they're feeling quite anxious and stressed because they don't know what's wrong and they're doing everything possible to try and help them. So colic and reflux commonly uh, affects both breastfed and bottle fed babies so um, or even babies that are combined uh, fed. So they're receiving both uh, breast milk and bottle milk. And it will present in your child as them being unsettled, not sleeping. They could be arching their back, like lots of screaming, and sometimes even like that vomiting and regurgitation of milk. Now, a lot of people had told that it's commonly caused by kind of feeding issues or breast milk issues, or sometimes it can even, uh, you know, be like a food issue that mum's having or structural issues as well. And these can definitely be the case. Like there's something that need to be considered and looked at, but sometimes, and most often what I find is that it can actually just be a case of the baby's gut being immature. And so they find that by three months of age, uh, often colic and reflux will uh, improve naturally on its own. Um, And definitely once they're kind of six months to 12 months of age, there's a lot less reported uh, symptoms because by then their digestive systems are a little bit more robust. 
So as I mentioned, their digestive systems are very, like their gut is basically like not even started, you know, and there's a lot for their, they've gone from not receiving anything into their stomach to now getting very different um, breast milk or formulas and their gut isn't mature enough. And so it's got to develop to that, you know, and get used to that as well. And sometimes what can also be happening is a microbiome imbalance in some um, babies and that can result in also the the colic and reflux because it what's actually happening is there's increased inflammation there's a lot more reactivity happening uh, because of the microbiome changes that are happening and look this can come from you know the maternal transfer and this is why i think that preconception care and pregnancy care is really really important as the first steps for prevention of colic and reflux but once we get there and we've got this baby in our hands and they are suffering from colic and reflux it's actually looking at well what can we do to to help this child who is in a lot of discomfort and what we also know as well which is really interesting when we look at some of the research is that babies that tend to have colic and reflux also have that increase of pro-inflammatory bacteria um, in their digestive systems and sometimes that lower level of those really protective beneficial ones so this is something that we definitely want to be looking at improving um, in our little ones right from the very beginning especially if these symptoms are quite um, severe and of course by doing that then we're going to see a reduction in gut inflammation and the reactivity and their symptoms will subside a bit so now that we know kind of a little bit more about what it is and some of the causes, I want to talk to you about protein pump inhibitors because these are the conventional uh, things that are prescribed. And basically when I did, did a little bit more digging and looking at this because it was it's been popping up in our membership a lot. We've currently got some mums in there with some refluxy babies. We've got some breast milk babies. We've got bottle milk babies. We've got lots of different um, bubbers and children in there. And I've had a lot of questions coming in. So I thought, oh, I'm going to do a little bit more looking and researching. And what I actually found was that um, the conventional guidelines actually state that infants under one should not even be given PPIs. Okay. However, many doctors are prescribing them to relieve the symptoms of infant reflux. And what I want to share with you today is that PPIs can have a serious effect on the gut and they likely also cause dysbiosis, which is that bacterial imbalance that I talk a lot about um, in kids as they do in adults. Okay. So if PPIs are actually being used in the first six months of life. This can actually contribute to future health issues linked to early gut health. So things like obesity, asthma, allergies, and even food intolerances. And I even found a few studies that actually confirmed the link between PPIs um, in childhood and the risk of obesity and allergies. So I think it's quite clear that maybe we should be pausing for a moment and considering why and is there anything else I could do before I trial a PPI and don't get me wrong like I've had a baby and I know how things can be like you can be really really desperate and all you want is for them to be settled but I want you to know that 
sometimes the medication isn't always the best option. Yes, some children are going to need them. But I also think that if you end up in the stage where you're taking the medication, that you also take things like probiotics or prebiotics and looking at other factors that you can take and co-administer to help reduce the effects of them on the gut as well. Okay, so the other big concern that I have when I, you know, have been doing some more reading and that I learned like way back when I was at university is that PPIs can actually encourage the growth of those pro-inflammatory bacteria. And if you remember just like five minutes ago, I was talking about how colic and reflux can actually be caused by pro-inflammatory bacteria in the first place. So then if we're taking a medication that even makes that worse, I question whether this is the best thing that we can be doing long term. So when pro-inflammatory bacteria thrive, healthy bacteria get crowded out and the risk of illness therefore also becomes so much higher. One study that I actually found that um, where PPIs were being used um, in children under one years of age um, actually linked a higher risk of C. diff infection. And this is actually a serious infect, uh, infection that can affect the um, digestive tract and have issues down the path, you know, later in life. So like C. diff um there's connections there between ulcerative colitis and bowel disease. So this is serious, guys. Like this is something we really need to be considering about, especially if this is like being posed to you as a long-term solution. Like absolutely, I don't think that this is the best thing that we can be doing. Hi, I just wanted to pop in and take a quick break from the podcast episode today to let you all know that... The Nourish Gut Kids membership is open right now. So we only open this a couple of times a year. And this is actually the last time that you can join it and become a member for 2021. We're not opening the doors till next year again. And I would absolutely love you to come and join. If you are a mother or a parent or a carer who is either thinking about falling pregnant, is pregnant, or you have a little baby or a toddler, this membership is for you. It is filled with masterclasses, Q&A sessions, a Facebook community where you can ask me anything at any time. We've got an Introducing Solid series. We've got all of my resources, my eBooks, my I do a recipe drop each month full of like amazing whole foods to nourish your family with family meals and treats and snacks and drinks and I love it. I'm pouring, I'm pouring my heart into this and it is just something that I know is going to help you and it already is helping um, our current members. So I will put the link to our membership in the show notes and I would absolutely love you to check it out. All right, back to today's episode. The other potential side effects of PPIs actually include what's called re acid rebound. Um, so this is the excess production of acid um, when the PPIs are stopped. So this is really common both in children and adults. The reason why it's so hard to come off this is because of the rebound that happens, all right? And it is most certainly something that can be worked through um, when you're working with a specific gut health um, specialist or naturopath. So there's also an increased risk of diarrhea, uh, increased risk of pneumonia, uh, the development of allergies due to the impact it has on the gut. 
I even found information about, you know, looking at B12, um, other nutrients. There were things like, uh, what were they? Zinc and iron was another really big one. Uh, and these nutrients require stomach acid to break proteins down and release them to be absorbed. So that makes sense, right? If we're essentially stopping the production of stomach acid, in children, then we're going to be stopping the absorption of some of the most vital uh, B12, zinc, and iron that they're needing to get to grow and develop as a child. And they've also found an increased risk of osteoporosis later in life. So like I always mention, and I want this podcast to be a really empowering, safe place, and it's full of like you not I don't want to make you feel like you're doing something wrong for your child because I know that you're doing the absolute best um, with the knowledge and the experience that you have at the time right and then when we have uh, you know we learn more and we know better we can do better so I want you to use the information that you're getting today to make a change for example if you're a mother or a father or a carer and you have a child who's currently taking these medications then you've learned some really key information today that you can consider and maybe it's time to make some changes there and it's never too late all right sure there may be some changes and some impacts that have occurred to the microbiome but it will recover okay it will get better so please reach out to me if you're somebody who feels like they are feeling a little bit lost in this area and need some help um, because I would absolutely love to support you Um, I also wanted to make mention that if your child is suffering from reflux, there are many ways that you can actually help your little one without even needing this medication or when making the switch from medication um, to using more natural alternatives. Okay, And often these don't have those long-term effects on the child's gut health. And this is where seeking personalized healthcare advice is really, really essential to ensure that the recommendations that you're going to receive are really specific to your little one. No one is the same. Okay, Even a little baby at three months old like there are no cookie cutter protocols and suggestions and what works for one baby might not work for the next like I know this hands down because I'm working with patients and you know from IBS to SIBO IBD and infant microbiome cases as well and I'm always gob you know gobsmacked because I'm like oh wow that really worked well for that other client I've just given them the same thing or a similar type of treatment that didn't work. I'm like, oh, that's because of this, this or that. You know, no one's ever the same. Um, So as I was mentioning, there are many effective herbal remedies. There's probiotics, um, which we can actually be using. And I would suggest for little ones who are really, really suffering um, from colic and reflux. And again, it's not a matter of going out, grabbing any probiotic off the strain. There are specific strains and brands that I feel are more superior and going to get you better and quicker results. Um, there are also key different um, interventions for breastfed babies compared to bottle fed babies because obviously what they're receiving in terms of the beneficial bacteria um, are completely different. Okay, so um, it's also t- important to, um, uh, to sorry to consider their feeding styles, the formula types that they're receiving, and also other dietary and lifestyle things that could be impacting on the child's developing digestive system as well. So um, it's important to get that full picture um, and assess the individual and then work out, you know, have they been on medication? Like what were they exposed to? What was going on? 
you know, prior to falling pregnant, during pregnancy, during that birth, what, what have they been exposed to? Are they, have they taken antibiotics? Like why has this baby got colic and break that down and then start to use some really simple interventions. Like, and what I love is that babies and children are the most receptive to treatment, right? That I love it. Like whenever I'm working with children, I'm like, I just love how quickly the results can come through. It, it, it's awesome. Okay. So let's do, I want to kind of present a little bit of a case study. I've recently been working with um, a three week old baby who was presenting with colicky reflux. Um, they were bottle fed um, from, uh, they were mixed fed from about five days onwards. Um, and I advised them to change up the formula and we tried some different, different formulas and we kind of started to see some minimal changes there. Cause that was like the first thing that I thought of. I was like, yep, that was a really big change. Sometimes there can be reactions happening there. Um, knowing as well that there were, there's key microbiome changes, even just between a breastfed and a bottle fed baby. Um, I was like, okay, I think we're really going to need to implement a, uh, probiotic. So I, uh, added in a specific probiotic strain and within, I kid you not even like, with, like, it was like well and truly before 48 hours, this baby was just completely different, sleeping so much better, really settled and no longer suffering from those like colicky discomfort. And it was just a simple one dose um, of this probiotic a day into the bottle, so easily administered. Um, and basically that probiotic was, I believe, it was probably the combination of the formula change and the probiotic by that point. Um, but it was working on improving that dysbiosis, reducing the inflammation that we were talking about, and also that reactivity and restore, starting to restore that gut and putting into that gut some really amazing beneficial bacteria to, sh to, to help with that. Okay. Um, and then I saw that baby thrive and it's just the best part of my job. I absolutely love it. Um, so that's a really simple example of just how quickly things can turn around. Um, and there was no medication needed there. You know, the parent, um, didn't want to even go down that road. It wasn't even something they were going to consider. Um, and yeah, so I hope that that information is really empowering to you guys. Um, and look, I know that there's a place for medications, um, in our world and I'm an integrative naturopath and I am very well aware of, you know, the need for different medications in our life, but we've also got to look at the research and look at the long-term effects of these. And we have to take into consideration the side effects, especially on our little children. I am going to leave it there for today. And I cannot wait for the next episode. I'm diving all into IBS and SIBO next week. Um, so I can't wait to get into that. It's a really juicy topic. Um, so hang tight for that one. And if you have any questions or would like any support with your baby or children who might be suffering from any digestive issues, please reach out to me. Um, and uh, yeah, join our membership. It's currently open. Doors are open until Thursday this week. Um, where you will have an abundance of resources, a community, you know, Q&A opportunities with me, uh, masterclasses, all my recipes, 
my support whenever you need. I would absolutely love you to come and be part of that community. Have an amazing week, everybody, and I will see you next time. Take care. Did you like what you heard? Leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast.